Hello again, I'm Mike Morin, and welcome to Reset. 40 is the new happy. If you've ever tried to get rid of the poison ivy on your property, you know it often comes at an unpleasant price. Helene Hughes spends much of the year removing the vines of three-leaf plants all over New England. She founded Poison Ivy Removal Company in Greenfield in 2003, after many years of doing corporate jobs that had nothing to do with pest plant removal. So why poison ivy eradication? Isn't there an easier way to reinvent yourself? So, Helene, like many of my guests, you did your time in corporate America, from audio, video, tape quality control to trading stocks and bonds at Fidelity. Give me a quick look back at your pre-poison ivy removal life. Well, I worked at... BASF Corporation in Bedford, Mass for 14 years, and nine of them I was the complaints department. And it was actually a really good job because it was a really good product, and I talked to lots of people and had a, had fun. So you probably talked to people that in the recording business, uh, recording engineers, radio people like me. Were, was that some of the, uh, the folks who called? It was actually more individuals that just bought a tape and recorded something at home. Hmm. And um, it was a lifetime guarantee, so they'd mail it in, or my phone number was on the bottom of the box, and they'd mail it in and uh, call me if they had any questions, and and uh, I answer and fix, and it was fun. Cool. All right, so what on earth got you engaged in working with a plant that you are personally allergic to? Well, in the 70s, my father brought home a pair of pheasants and we needed to make a cage where they could roost in a tree and the only place was behind the barn and there was poison ivy so we removed it and then fast forward to 2003 when I'm um, a housekeeper for a family in Dunstable Mass which I jokingly call the poison ivy capital of the world and um, they had poison ivy starting to grow back after they had redone their stone wall and so I asked her if she could keep the kids in for 20 minutes and I pulled all the poison ivy and she said you should be paid for that and she became my first customer so just that simple all right so how pervasive is uh, we know how it is in Dunstable but how pervasive is poison ivy here in New Hampshire it's all over the place it's um, well, compared see. to other states maybe well um, there's poison oak out west and down south, but poison ivy mostly is the whole uh, eastern seaboard and um, all the way to the Mississippi. So it's all over the place. Any hot spots in New Hampshire that are especially hard hit? Amherst and Bedford. Hollis which is right next to Dunstable. <laughs> uh, but it's I, I go all over the place. I go up to Augusta, Maine, to Lake Champlain, to Springfield, to the Cape. You realize property values just fell in Hollis after that comment. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, when we're in our um, hazmat suits, people will walk by and they'll sort of look over and they're very curious and they're probably wondering how many hundreds of thousands of dollars their property is going to decrease because there's some hazmat situation. So I always sing out, poison ivy removal, and then they relax. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, well, uh, so when is the peak of poison ivy itching season? Usually people start calling after it's sprouted and they start doing their yard cleanup, and then they've been up all night scratching and they mm -hmm. found my website. <laughs> so they Google poison ivy removal and there you are. Yep. Um, as far as I know, I'm the only one in northern New Hampshire. There's a few other folks in Massachusetts, New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia. 
Um, a lot of them spray, and my my niche is that I just pull it out, roots and all, and use no chemicals whatsoever. I want to get to a bit more about that here in a minute, but I appear, and I don't know if this is for real, I appear to be among the 15% of the population that isn't affected by the oil from the leaves. So maybe I should come work for you. Uh, what is it about our bodies that react so badly? I don't know the answer to that. Um, just some people have more sensitive skin and they get a worse rash. I have a daughter with red hair and she's got the sensitive skin. She gets it like crazy, but she still wants to work for me. And uh, Boy, that's real motherly love, huh? <laughs> I, I, it, I cringe when I see the, the rash on her, but... We're slowly figuring out how she's getting it and what she's doing, and we're we're fixing it. So basically, there's an oil on the leaves that just creates some kind of reaction with something on the human body. Isn't that it in a nutshell? Yep. It just connects with the skin and then causes the rash and uh, takes two to three weeks to get rid of the, the rash. I'm not sure why I haven't gotten it. I've been around it. I know what it looks like. I've probably, I mean, I've been really careful not to touch it. So at this point in my life, what do you think? Maybe I'm one of the 15%? You could possibly be, but a lot of those folks, if they touch it too much, mm -hmm. they become allergic. So uh, don't play with fate. <laughs> <laughs> I will heed those words to the wise. All right, so you mentioned that you, you don't use uh, poison chemicals, which I think probably makes people happy. I mean, this is back-breaking work. Is it hard to find people to work for you to do this? Yes, because we're in the hazmat suits, which makes our, inside the suit, it gets 10 to 20 degrees hotter than mm -hmm. the outside. So you have to, you have to be a certain kind of person that can handle that heat. We also do, uh, we take camels and freeze them, fill them with water, freeze them, and put them in little mesh backpacks inside the suit when it's really hot. It, it helps, doesn't make it comfortable, it makes it bearable. So where do you find these people? I mean, you're in the middle of nowhere, this beautiful lot with all kinds of chickens and stuff. We're outside uh, doing this interview. So where is your labor market? Where do you source the people that help you? I... Um, put a sign at the end of the road, I try Craigslist, um, and the word goes out among my friends when I'm looking for, for help. And some people, it works and they're good at it, and some people will try it a day and say, no, this is not for me. <laughs> so what do you have? Students, high school, college, retired people, bored people? Who's, who's coming to work for you? I've actually run the gamut. Um, my daughter started working for me when she was 11. I've had um, homeschoolers. I've had high schoolers in the summer. I've had um, a 48-year-old, a 56-year-old, a 64-year-old just recently was working for me. Um, all over the place, male, female, doesn't matter. So your season kind of extends before and after or you know beyond uh, vacation time for students so anybody that perhaps might be in botany or interested in plants this would seem to be a good job but uh, you know they can't be with you long enough well I have a few people that aren't going to school um, that work for me starting in April and then they go until November so it depends um, I, I fill in before and after with various other folks uh, but again, homeschoolers, I've got had uh, several of them work for me, and, and homeschoolers seem to be really 
wonderful people. So, hmm. so you actually, because you mentioned a moment ago about a stone wall, do you take the stone wall apart to get the roots if necessary and then put it back together? Yes. We usually don't have to take it apart completely because usually um, the poison ivy grows because birds eat the berries and then they take the waxy coating off when it goes through their digestive tract and when it, they poop it out, it's ready to sprout. And so if they're sitting on a stone wall, the stone wall's already there, so the poison ivy sprouts around it. Mm. And poison ivy loves stone walls because of the heat that it retains at the end of the day. And the poison ivy loves rotting stumps because of the constant heat from the, mm -hmm. the rotting process. Mm. So usually all we have to do is take a crowbar and lift the rocks just enough to pull the, the roots out from between them. But they don't usually grow underneath the rocks on a stone wall. Toughest job in 13 years. Is there one that stands out? Um, Crickets. Oh, we can come back to that. Um, I mean, do you personally love pulling out poison ivy? I do, actually. Um, Is it an old anger issue? I'm trying to figure this out here. <laughs> no, just some days I'd, I'd rather do that than all the paperwork. <laughs> it's simpler. Um, and I'm just, I've always been able to recognize it easily, and I understand where the roots are going, and I've sort of been watching this plant for a long time, and I... I think I understand what it's trying to do, so I know where to look and how to do it. So uh, I call your your business, Poison Ivy Removal Company, but the source of my problem is in my neighbor's yard. What do we do about that? Well, in that case, I would suggest pushing it two or three feet past your fence, mm -hmm. and then you can use that salt and vinegar spray to keep the tendrils from um, growing back to your fence. Uh, that's a natural spray. It's enough to kill tendrils, but not the entire plant. And sometimes people will have me come back every year or two and move it back a little further. Is there enough work and a long enough season for you to pay the bills and have a little leftover in this business? Not at this point, but I'm hoping soon. Um, I do taxes in the winter right now, so at H&R Block. Talk to me about, um, and you, you did touch on it uh, just a moment ago, about other businesses in the country. How many, do you think, how many companies do what you do, just specifically dedicated to poison ivy, poison sumac, oak, etc.? About 20 or so. Um, I know that because I go to the poison ivy um, conference every year, and I usually call the people and tell them what day it is and see if I can get everybody to go. So as a conference, these are people that are probably, you know, plant specialists, removal experts like you. Is it the whole gamut of people, all things poison ivy? Yes. We've got um, a, a plant physiologist, weed science um, professor from Virginia Tech that always shows up with fascinating experiments. We've got um, folks that spray, folks that are, um, are writers, and we've got people that do invasive weeds in general, um, people that are interested in starting poison ivy removal companies, all it runs the gamut. Yeah, it's good. All right, quick remedy if uh, all of a sudden I do happen to find that I have poison ivy, what can I do to relieve the symptoms until I can do something a little bit more extensive to feel better? One of the things I found is go to the beach. 
as long as you're in and out of the <laughs> seawater, you don't itch. Um, another thing is um, there's a Zanfel cream, mm -hmm. a Z-A-N-F-E-L, and that relieves the itching. Um, there's a several homeopathic remedies out there, um, some of them with jewelweed, which is supposedly the natural antidote. And then there's um, tea tree um, or, and some kind of fern, sweet fern. So there's a, several out there. When was the last time you had a good uh, outbreak of the rash? Uh, actually, I haven't had a really good one since 2006. And um, my mother and I, who she worked with me when I started the business, we both met at the beach, had a wonderful day, and I took four gallons home, hoping to continue the treatment. But it didn't work, and it wasn't the same, and I don't know why. So. Well, I hope I didn't jinx you. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm too um, OCD about it, okay. and so I'm really meticulous. Well, you'd have to be, I would think. I, I have to, or my daughter gets poison ivy. Yeah. Um, talk to me about the satisfaction of being your own boss, because this is all about inspiring people to do what makes them happy. They can feel independent. So what is it about? Is it about the fact you're helping people and you're being independent? Uh, both. I, I love helping people. I love solving their problems because um, a lot of folks don't know what it looks like. They don't know what isn't it, and that's one of the things I help explain. Also, um, it's you don't know where it came from if you don't know enough about poison ivy. So I explain that if you did yard work and you got it, then look at your gloves, look at your gardening tools, look at the shoes you were wearing, the sleeves on your sweatshirt, things like that. If I pet my dog and the dog's been in there, I could pick it up? Yes, I've gotten it from my cat. Mm -hmm. I know multitudes of people that have gotten it from their dogs, and I know one person that's gotten it from her horse. I'm sitting in your backyard now. Is this a poison ivy-free zone, or should I be watching where I step? It's definitely a poison <laughs> ivy-free zone. I actually, uh, I've cleared my next-door neighbor's uh, house of poison ivy, and I want to go up Mountain Road and clear a little bit that I saw the other day, because I don't want it anywhere near me. <laughs> All right. Finally, your advice to budding entrepreneurs looking to jump ship from a job they don't get satisfaction from. Uh, <clears throat> go for it. Plan. Um, I, I spent years talking to everyone and anyone who had a question so that um, they knew that there was somebody out there that removed poison ivy. That was my biggest hurdle. So, um, But it's a niche, and, and nobody else does it, and so it's wonderful. Maybe it's just me, but I found this fascinating. Helene Hughes, thank you so much. Poison Ivy Removal Company, all the information to contact Helene is on this podcast site. Thank you. Thank you. A pleasure being here.